Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley-oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I am your host, Brendan Hedke. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Hedke NBA. You can find the show on Twitter at AWAW underscore podcast. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast network on awolfamongwolves.com. So today is, this is a post-game pod. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves just beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I don't think I've done a post-game pod directly after a win. I could be wrong. Maybe I did one earlier. Uh, But we haven't had many wins, so I think I would remember that. Um, But either way, the Timberwolves did win 109-104 against the Cavaliers. And yeah, this game was a game that it looked like the Cavaliers were probably going to win throughout the first half. Um, They were threatening to go into the into the second half, up by double digits until a couple nice threes were made by the Timberwolves to cut it to six points at halftime, which was something that the Wolves desperately needed. Um, And then the second half, they just came out guns blazing, and offense kind of took over, and the defense kind of took over in a way as well. But we're going to get to a bunch of different things because I think there was a bunch of individuals that just played really well tonight. Um, and that's like something that I think is really worth mentioning. But the first person I think we need to talk about, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on them, but it's Ed Davis. So Ed Davis, tonight's game, he had zero points, right? Okay, I'm starting out a show talking about Ed Davis, and I'm going to talk highly of him, and he had zero points, like crazy, right? But no, Ed Davis really did have a solid game. He ended the night with zero points. He had five rebounds, one assist. But he also had three steals, three blocks, and was a plus 16 on the night. Highest on the team. Wolves won by five, and he was a plus 16 in 23 minutes. Davis played pretty solid defense on um, Andre Drummond. Obviously, he did foul out. He had six fouls. 
but he used them in smart ways. He wasn't really letting Andre Drummond get and ones. He was kind of taking away shots that would have been easy makes and turning them into making Andre Drummond earning them at the line. And I think that really helped. Obviously, the, the box score is not going to look great. Drummond ended with 25 points, 22 rebounds, and 4 assists. He dominated, in a sense. But Ed Davis did shore up some of that, and not all of those rebounds and assists were on, or rebounds and points were on Davis. Some were on um, Jared Vanderbilt as well. But I just thought Ed Davis was a really steady presence for the Timberwolves tonight, and I thought that was really important. Um, But I don't want to spend too much time on him, but the plus 16 is pretty impressive, to say the least. But the, the next person I want to talk about is our, uh, I guess, hashtag NBA star uh, Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley this season is averaging now over 20 points per game. He was averaging 20 coming into tonight's game. And tonight he scored 23 points. He got three rebounds and dished out two assists, one steal, um, only one turnover. He was a minus two in 28 minutes. Um, but Beasley was kind of the reason that the Timberwolves were in this game somewhat at the beginning Beasley ended up the night 9 of 17 from the field from the field 5 of 11 from 3 which makes him at 4 for 6 from um, two-point land which is really impressive Uh, he was 0 for 2 from free throw though I think he had an and one he missed the free throw on and then he missed the technical free throw as well but Malik Beasley shot the ball really well to start the game which is something that um, the Timberwolves kind of needed because especially I think in that second quarter he was doing pretty well because the Timberwolves didn't have a lot um, and him just kind of keeping the Wolves in that game was probably one of the most important reasons for the Timberwolves winning. Um, they just played really poorly in spurts and then Malik Beasley would kind of just make a shot that uh, kind of kept the Timberwolves back in this game. So to end like the second quarter going into halftime, Malik Beasley... I think he made two back-to-back threes, if I remember correctly. I know D'Angelo Russell made a, back, a three, and then Beasley made one, you know, with one one or two seconds left in that crazy kind of step-back, dribble-move, end-of-the-clock situation in the corner. But Beasley also had um, another shot made to cut it to 10 um, with about a minute left, and then uh, Beasley cut it down to 7. Colin Sexton made a layup, brought it back up to nine, and then Beasley hit that three and got it down to six, um, which was something that the Wolves just needed because if they went into halftime, you know, down nine or down double digits, like, you know, it's kind of tough to come back from that. Like, obviously, there's a lot of time left, but six is definitely better than nine or 11 points. Um, So that was good to see. But I just thought that Beasley deserves some praise because he hasn't had, like, he's been getting a little bit of praise but not to the point where anybody's like written a big piece on why Malik Beasley's been really good this year or his development or anything like that. Like He's not getting recognition around uh, the NBA as a whole. Nobody's really talking about Malik Beasley. Um, but he's played a really, really good season so far. And yeah, I, I don't have much else to say about him. Obviously, defensively, you know, he has lapses and he's not the, the best defender in the world. But man... Malik Beasley, you know what? You got to give the man props, and that's what I'm doing right now. We're giving Malik Beasley a little bit of props, a little bit of, you know, way to go, man, because he deserves it. Scoring over 20 points a game, he deserves it. I know the Wolves are 5-14 and 14 or whatever, but Beasley definitely deserves 
some love, and that's what we're giving to him right now. Um, the the next person we need to talk about is uh, D'Angelo Russell. Down the stretch, D'Angelo Russell made some some important shots that really helped the Timberwolves win this game. Um, the Wolves kind of needed a little spark there at the end. And as much as I just talked really highly of Beasley there for a minute or two, uh, Beasley wasn't the most impactful player down the stretch tonight. Um, and we kind of needed D'Angelo Russell to show up there. And that's what D'Angelo Russell did. So with five minutes left, D'Lo made a three to put the Wolves back up by 10 points, 92 to 102. And then Andre Drummond came down next possession, made a layup. D'Lo answered right back with another three. Got the Wolves up by 11. And then further down the stretch, um, D'Angelo Russell just did... not. No, not sorry, not excuse me. Not further down the stretch. But he just looked really good in that stretch right there. And it kind of just made the, the Timberwolves have that push to get them to where they needed to go. But I would be remiss to not talk about... He did take some ill-advised shots there towards the end of the game. Um... You know, some pull-up jumpers early in the shot clock when the defense was set. Those types of things aren't necessarily what the Timberwolves need in that situation. Luckily, we escaped still with the win. Uh, but those things can hurt uh, a Timberwolves team. But though you can't deny those two back-to-back threes um, were some of the biggest momentum things that kind of propelled the Timberwolves to winning this game. So I thought that that was really important. And, you know... D'Angelo Russell hasn't been there to close out games, it seems like, this year. So to see that now was really impressive. And to see that he obviously still has that in him. Because Wolves fans have been questioning D'Angelo Russell all season. Um, and he was never supposed to be the star. But with Carl Anthony Towns, we know, he's kind of been thrust into that role. Um, so hopefully Towns can come back soon. Russell can fall back into his his secondary star role. And then have Beasley as that tertiary star and then whatever fourth is, I don't know, secondary, tertiary, I don't know what fourth is, but that's what Anthony Edwards needs to be. And that's the next player we're going to talk about. Anthony Edwards. Man. Man. I just got to I just got to say it. I think this was the best game we've seen from Anthony Edwards this season. I don't know if it was his most points he's ever scored. I think he scored 25 or something before. But he ended the night. We'll just go up and we'll just look at Anthony Edwards' um, box score because he filled up the box score tonight. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't getting a triple double or anything like that. But what Edwards did was ended the game twenty three points, five rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block, zero turnovers. He was a he was a even zero for the night. He wasn't plus. He wasn't minus. Um, which isn't like the the greatest thing, but for a guy that's been a minus most of the time, having him be an even is pretty good. And not only did he score 23 points, he did it efficiently. He shot 4 for 7 from 3, and he shot 5 for 8 from 2. So overall, he was 9 for 15, and he made his one free throw on that nice and one. But it was more than just Edwards getting 23 points. It was had a lot to do with how he got those 23 points. Um, tonight, Anthony Edwards' game was a lot different than games we've seen from him. Obviously, yeah, he was still taking shots, and he was still um, 
you know, get driving in the lane. He had a couple mid-range jumpers that he missed. But overall, the shot selection and the the just overall feel for the game and the how he was able to read the defense and understand, okay, this big was pulling up on me as I'm driving. I probably don't have the best shot, but that means somebody is open either out in the corner due to a rotation that the Cleveland Cavaliers had or something. He just recognized that really well tonight, and he's done that in spurts, you know, throughout the year, and I I detailed that in a piece I wrote for, for Wolf Among Wolves, you know, a few weeks ago, but he showed that, like, all game long tonight, and he pieced it together all game long, and this was easily, I think, um, 100%, no doubt, his best, his best game of his career so far, his short 19-game NBA career, um, and it really came into fruition in the second quarter. You know, he had some nice some nice uh, spurts up in the first quarter. You know, he made a layup. Actually, a couple layups. He made a three. Um, but in the second quarter, I think he ended up scoring 13 points. And he just looked really, really impressive. Excuse me, not the second quarter. The third quarter. He looked really, really impressive. Which is, you know, huge for a Timberwolves team that's kind of struggled in third quarters um, all year long. They're like league worst plus minus in third quarters. And for a rookie to step up and like take care of that tonight, I think that was, you know, really impressive. It started out, he made a three a couple minutes into the quarter um, off of a nice pass from D'Angelo Russell. And then he actually went out and assisted Russell on a three, which was the Timberwolves' next made basket, which put the Wolves up by one. And then he made a three of his own after uh, Larry Nance went down and made his or took the lead back for the Cavs. Anthony Edwards came down. Another three assisted by D'Angelo Russell, which was huge. And then he made a nice, I don't know if it's like a mid-range jumper or something, you know, with about five, six minutes left in the quarter. And then he made another three-pointer with Jalen Noel assisting him to take the lead back again with four and a half minutes left. And he just looked, I can't say enough about how good he looked and how comfortable he looked tonight and how well he just read the floor and just making these passes that, you know, rookies his age don't make a lot of the time. And I don't, yeah, man, he just looked good. And Anthony Edwards is one of the best interviewers in the NBA already as a rookie, and I hope it never changes because he is just one of the most refreshing players to listen to in an interview because he's super honest, he you know tells you what's on his mind, he tells you what he sees, he tells you exactly what he thinks, and that's not something that a lot of NBA players do. They're kind of conditioned to you know give the answer that they think reporters want to hear, but really reporters just want to hear you know the truth. But he, you get it; the organization doesn't want them to s- spill every bean, whatever. But that's kind of what Anthony Edwards does, and not necessarily in a bad way. But he's he's great to listen to. Um, they were tight. They asked him tonight about, you know, playing alongside Malik and D'Angelo Russell because now Edwards has started two games in a row. And that's kind of been like the offensive motor. And this is what he had to say about that. He said, quote, they can't help off D'Lo and B's because they can shoot. And they can't help off me because I can shoot every now and again. And then he, he was laughing while he said that. Um, But it, it's true, like... Anthony Edwards can shoot. He's not the most efficient. He was an efficient night tonight. He's not the most efficient player, but he has a nice looking jump shot. And I think the more he gets comfortable, the better shooter he's going to become. 
maybe pro probably not ever going to be a 40% three-point shooter. He's probably going to be a somewhat inefficient player for most of his career, but he won't be as inefficient as he's been right now. Um, so that's important to, to notice. Um, another quote that is just like, just kind of encapsulate who Anthony Edwards is as a player is this other one that he had in tonight's post game. He said, quote, man, I was having fun because we were playing together. People would think I was having fun because I was playing good. I don't care about that. Like we winning, my team winning, everybody having great success, everybody happy, end quote. He just wants to have fun, it sounds like. He just wants to win basketball games. And for a guy that apparently doesn't love basketball from, you know, obviously tons of different things earlier this this year, he sure seems to love winning basketball games. And hopefully he can help us win some more basketball games over his career because he has been... He's been really, really uh, important for that as well. Um, the other person I wanted to talk about. Okay, so this player had a solid game. He had some rough moments. He had some really nice bright spots. And I'm going to bring it down a little bit, but it was Jake Lehman. So Lehman tonight, it's kind of difficult. Lehman had some nice cuts to the basket where you got fed, had nice dunk. Um, a couple nice dunks, a couple nice drives. But I was asked on Twitter this after the game, and somebody asked if they if they saw Jake Lehman having a chance to work his way back in the rotation. Of course, there's always a chance that a guy does that, but Jake Lehman, he seems pretty far out of the rotation with a fully healthy Timberwolves team. You know, it kind of seems like in that three to four role. You have so many guys ahead of him. You mean like McDaniels and Culver and Noel's going to take some wing minutes probably before Lehman. And Culver's going to take minutes before Lehman. And probably Wancho will even get four minutes before Lehman. So like, I think it's going to be really hard for Jake Lehman to kind of work his way back into the rotation. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Jake Lehman as a guy that gets traded here, you know, pretty quickly. Um... Because he does have a contract that's not a minimum contract, but it's a little bit bigger, but not too much bigger. But if you need to make up a few million to get a trade done, like that's the type of player you kind of do that with. Um, so I could see a world where Jake Lehman is traded if the Timberwolves are in the market for some trades later on. Because I think that there's just not a clear-cut role for him on this team. Um, and he hasn't played well enough really to kind of warrant giving him a role even throughout like a bad stretch. Like he's not that good a player. Um, like, you're going to give Anthony Edwards minutes even if he's playing poorly because that's your number one pick and you're kind of building for the future. Same with, like, D'Angelo Russell. Same with Carl Anthony Towns. Same with, um, you know, Josh Kogi's going to get minutes because he's such a good defender that even if his offense isn't doing too well, you've still got to play him because he's, like, your best defender, right? Uh, Jake Lehman's not in that bin. If he's not playing well, he's not playing. Because he just doesn't contribute in other ways and like he's not that integral of a part to this team's long-term success. So I don't necessarily think Lehman has a great chance to work his way back into the rotation if the Wolves um, are fully healthy at any point. Which it kind of seems like they never will be. Um, it kind of seems like a Timberwolves curse. But I just want to touch on Jake Lehman because he did have an okay game tonight. But he also made some mistakes like not recognizing that shot clock was running down and causing a, you know, shot clock violation and things like that. Um, and kind of getting manhandled in the post and 
not being willing to help on defense. Like if you're the type of guy that's trying to work back in a rotation, you have to be making those extra efforts on that on the defensive side of the ball to help in the post on um, Andre Drummond or, you know, like give that extra effort. Because if you're not in the rotation, like give it all on the line because like what do you have to lose um, kind of situation. So that's kind of where I'm at with, with Jake Lehman. Um, yeah, so other than that, before I get a little bit further into a couple other players that I, that I do want to talk about, um, I want to talk about the game quick overall. The Timberwolves were out rebounded really poorly tonight. It was 55 to 34. The, um, the Cavs pulled down 21 more rebounds. 21. It's not good. Um, obviously the Timberwolves lacked a lot of size. Ed Davis was our biggest guy, and then it was Vanderbilt, and then it was like McDaniels and Layman. Like we didn't have a lot of size, so we knew getting out rebounded was going to be a problem, and that's kind of why it didn't seem like the Wolves had a great chance in this game. But what the Wolves did well was they turned the Cavs over 19 times and only had eight turnovers of their own, which is really huge because one. You you got more shot attempts because you didn't turn the ball over. The the Wolves, with less rebounds, ended up shooting seven more shots than the Cavs because they didn't turn the ball over. Only eight turnovers is like really good. Um they also shot the ball really well from three. They were sixteen of forty, so they were forty percent. As a team, there's not much more you can ask. Um the Cavs were four of sixteen. I don't know why they only shot sixteen threes, but they could have been well served to shoot some more. But the Cavs shot better from the field overall than the Timberwolves did. They were 41 of 84. The Wolves were 41 of 91. Um, the Cavs got to the line more. It really came down to turnovers and block shots. The Cavs only had three blocks. Uh, the Wolves had 11. You had three from McDaniels. You had three from Davis, two from Okogie, one from Edwards, one from Vanderbilt, and one from Lehman. The Cavs had one from Nance, one from Drummond, and one from Allen. So those were kind of the big the big stories. You know, the Timberwolves eliminated seven of the of the or excuse me, eleven of the eighty-four shots that the Cavs got with blocks. And only had three of their own shots eliminated. And they got those more shots because they didn't turn the ball over. And that that kind of was the difference in the game tonight. But now moving on, I wanted to talk about Ricky Rubio. Rubio did play fairly decent tonight. Um, he had some questionable moves. He missed some layups that he probably should have made. He took some shots he shouldn't have took. And he took some... Yeah, he made some bad passes, but he also had some, some really good passes. And I think the Timberwolves offense flowed better because when he was in there... You know, Saunders was visibly calling out and audibly calling out the plays during the game. Rubio ended with eight points, eight assists, three rebounds, only one turnover, which was huge. He was a plus two in the night, and he was four for four from free throw, and he was two for four from from the field. So he didn't shoot too much. Um, didn't take any threes. Really played within himself tonight. Again, like I said, a couple bad, couple bad moves here and there, but. Overall, pretty solid game from Ricky Rubio. Um, the next person, Josh Akogi. I don't know who Josh Akogi thinks he is on offense. Step back threes, pull up jumpers, that's not your game. Um, and 
I got a little pushback on on Twitter when I said that because they're saying that's what you know the coaching staff is telling you know Josh Okogi to shoot, and that's true. And I, I guess I don't know this 100% for sure, but I'm pretty confident that, that Ryan Saunders isn't telling Josh Okogi to shoot pull-up jumpers and shoot step-back threes. I think Ryan Saunders is telling Josh Okogi to shoot, you know, open catch-and-shoot corner threes or open catch-and-shoot above the break threes. Um, and he, you know, he does do that, but the step-back ones and these pull-up mid-range jumpers just isn't who Josh Okogi is, not who Josh Okogi ever has been, and probably isn't who Josh Okogi ever will be. Um, you kind of just hope that he can just be a 35% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, which he hasn't been, um, which sucks because he's your best defender and you want him to play, but on offense, you need him to play more of a power-forward role, but I don't know if he necessarily understands how the power-forward in this team is supposed to play. Um, so it, it gets a little dicey in there. Um but overall, Josh Okogi still got to the line six times. He was five for six from the line because he is really good at drawing fouls. So if he can, if he has a pretty clear lane to drive to the hoop, he's probably going to either finish a finish a layup or get fouled, which is which is good. But you need more from him on the offensive side of the ball. But I will, you know, he was a plus four on the night, which is good. Um, and and that's that's important to winning basketball games is just being a positive when you're on the court. And he does that with his defense and his hustle. Um, he had four rebounds and two assists, one steal, two blocks, and not a single turnover. Um, so that was good to see out of out of Josh Okogi. The other player I did want to talk about, Jaden McDaniels. He continues to impress the ever-living heck out of me. And he only had three points tonight. He had three rebounds, one assist, one steal. But he had three blocks, zero turnovers, and was a plus five in 20 minutes. He just looks so poised, and he just knows exactly what he's supposed to do on the court 85% of the time. And that's more than we can say for most people on the Timberwolves, on both sides of the ball. He's legitimately one of the Wolves' best two-way players. He's not a great offensive threat right now. You know, he's got a, he's got a decent jumper, which I think is pretty mechanically sound. It's not like 100% the prettiest, but I, I think he's got a solid jumper. He's got a good base. I think he uses his... His follow-through well, he gets the ball high, but not too high. He's not trebucheting it like Gorgie Jang. He's not shooting from his chest like like Kevin Martin. You know, he's got a he's got a good shot. Um And he just knows where to be on the floor. He makes some solid passes. He he does make mistakes. Um, but he's a rookie and he makes a lot less mistakes than we thought he was going to make. But on defense, he knows where to be. He is very good at timing his shot blocking um, abilities and using those abilities to as a strength rather than a weakness for like getting a bunch of fouls. He does get a you know he does foul a little bit more than you know you would like, but as a rookie who's not going to play 35 minutes a game, you can use some of those fouls if they are in like good situations. Um, he uses his length well when guarding shooters. He moves. This is going to sound a little weird. But he moves quickly, slowly. Like he, he, I don't know how to put it into words, but if you've watched him play, you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Like he gets to his spots when he needs to, but he doesn't look like out of control getting there like Vanderbilt does. Like he's very, just like not nonchalant, but very intentional, intentional of getting there, but not like getting all hyped up about getting there. 
And that's what we've seen from McDaniels, which is just really impressive out of a rookie. Um, and there was one specific play that just stuck out in my mind. And Larry Nance was trying to post up on Jaden McDaniels. And he just, like, couldn't get anywhere on him. Now, McDaniels has, like, two or th- like two inches on, on Larry Nance. But Larry Nance has, like, 60 pounds on McDaniels, and he couldn't move him. And that was just kind of impressive to me. Like, there's going to be games where McDaniels just straight up gets moved because other guys are bigger than him. But it's not going to be, like, every time he's outweighed by 50 pounds, he's going to be at a 50-pound disadvantage. Like, he uses his small frame a lot better than um, it looks. And hopefully he adds muscle as he goes through his career, and that's definitely going to help him um, over time. But my I put a tweet out tonight that I think kind of encapsulates what a lot of Timberwolves, play, or Timberwolves fans are thinking, and it's just... Um, I said, like, you, I don't see how you can watch Jaden McDaniels look so poised, look so comfortable on both sides of the floor, and then warrant playing... Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez over him I just don't understand how you can warrant that and I don't know that Saunders is gonna do that I hope he doesn't do that um but I could see it happening they paid Juancho Hernan Gomez you know a three-year contract with the third year being a, a team option and just to sit that guy in the bench and even depreciate his value more I understand that side of it but if you're if you're committing to winning games this season and you're saying you're not tanking I think McDaniels is the best option because not only are you building for the future, but he seems to be the better option than Wancho right now. Because even if he is small on on defense, he gets moved out of the way less than Wancho does. Plus, he's proving to provide just about as much as Wancho does on offense um, and a lot more on defense. So that's my thing. I don't know how you can see Jaden McDaniels um, not... I I don't think I don't see how you can say that Wancho's got to play over him, but I'm scared that's what we're gonna see. And hopefully, you know, maybe we do, maybe we don't. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see. Um, the last person I did want to talk about individually is Jalen Noel. Noel shot six for thirteen tonight, but he was one for six from three, so his three point shot isn't falling right now. But that means he was five for seven from two, and that was really good. He had some really nice off-the-bounce, like, floaters, kind of runner-type, you know, shots in the painted area, you know, in the mid-range that just, like, looked really impressive. I just don't know if he has a spot in the rotation right now, but he is really interesting because he obviously provides a lot more on the offensive side of the ball than Jared Culver does, but he doesn't provide as much defense as Culver does. Right now, Culver's hurt. He's probably going to be out for, you know, a week or two with that ankle sprain. So Noel's going to probably get a shot for a while. Um, But when Culver comes back, if Towns is back, I think that the coaching staff would would be... um, I think think you could warrant, as a coaching staff, you know, playing Culver over over Noel because of the defense and, and whatever. But if Noel balls out while Culver's out, you know, there's an argument to be had there for should Noel play over Culver. And I don't want to get too excited about like a small sample size with with Jalen Noel. Um, But I think the kid can play and I think that he's going to be in an NBA rotation soon. Is it the Timberwolves? I don't know. But he obviously is comfortable on offense. And once his shots start falling even more, especially a three-point shot, you know, he's going to be a really 
a really solid rotation player um, as a wing. And I think that's going to be his best bet is just like hitting shots. Um, and we'll see what he can bring on defense. I think he's a tough player. So if he competes hard, you know, maybe you can warrant playing him over Culver. We'll have to see how it all transpires when the roster gets healthy. But this rotation is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, what happens with power forward with Vanderbilt and Wancho and McDaniels? What happens with the wings with Culver and, you know, Noel? It's going to be interesting to see, and I'm excited to see it, but I'm also a little nervous to see it. But hopefully once it's set, it's not set in stone. If if something has to change, they'll change something. But for right now, um, all I know is Noel played pretty good tonight, 13 points. But he didn't have a rebound. He only had one assist, one steal. No, and one turnover, but he was a plus three in 19 minutes. So you have to see, does he does he contribute to winning in other ways too? Culver's a good rebounder, um, which is something that Noel probably isn't ever going to be because of his size. Um, so it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some advantages and disadvantages to playing either of those guys, and that's a decision that Saunders and, and Prigioni and Vanterpool and Rosas and whoever else is involved in those decisions needs to make um and i don't know which decision i would make I, i'll have to see more from noel and i'll have to see culver again play with carl anthony towns i'll have to see noel play with carl anthony towns and just see if this team needs defense or offense more but the argument's always going to be that i think this team needs defense more than offense with a fully healthy roster um and i think that's a fair a fair thing to say i'm pretty sure most people most people would agree with that um yeah, this this game was good. The the Timberwolves did win this game. They were shorthanded, um, especially I mean pretty much everywhere, but especially at in their bigs rotation, you know, with Ed Davis and Vanderbilt being your only center options. It's kind of rough, especially when you're going against Larry Nance Jr., Andre Drummond, and Jared Allen for all all game long. You know, Nance being a power forward, um, but I. Nance ended the game with only two points. He had 16 rebounds, which is, again, we talked about the rebounding thing, but he had two points. Um, so he didn't overpower the undersized the undersized power forwards that the Timberwolves matched up against him. Like, Anthony Edwards started basically guarding Larry Nance because uh, Sexton was getting guarded by Akogi. And that's, you in your mind, you kind of think that's a mismatch, but when I looked at the size of Nance and, and Edwards, Nance is... Uh, according to Basketball Reference, he's six foot seven, two forty-five. According to Basketball Reference, Anthony Edwards is six six, two thirty. So a one inch, fifteen pound difference really isn't that big a difference between Edwards and and uh, Larry Nance. But obviously, two different type of people at that size. Um, but I think that you know between between McDaniel's and Edwards and the bit of Kogi was there. I think they did a good job on Nance, and that was huge for this team because they were obviously um, oversized, or I mean, outsized in that sense. Maybe not in like the guard and wing rotation because Sexton, Garland, or Coro aren't the biggest, you know, one, two, three in the league. They're probably close to the smallest. Um, so the Wolves probably had an advantage there with Russell, Beasley, and Akogi. Um, but yeah, I just thought overall that we did a good. We did the Wolves did a good job combating that size that was brought by by the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Now, I don't want to get too excited about this win. It's one win. The Timberwolves still haven't looked good for most of the season. It's against the Cavs, who were a good team. They were 9-10 and heading into tonight. Um, so they played really well. The Cavs have been a good, solid team this year. So I think this is a good win, especially considering they were pretty much fully healthy outside of like Kevin Love, who I don't think has played yet this year. And the Wolves weren't. You know, no Cat, no Nas, no Culver, no Wancho, whether you guys think they matter really or not, whatever. But those guys weren't there. Um, and they had pretty much everybody except for Kevin Love. So I think that's a that's a big thing that has really impressed me um, this season. But the only other thing that I wanted to bring up is that this quote from Jaden McDaniels, and it was tweeted out by Dane Moore from the, the press conference after the game tonight, which kind of really resonated with me. So Jaden McDaniels was asked after the game if he heard some of the noise out of, um, out of the draft that he, quote, wasn't ready to play in the NBA right now. Um, and McDaniels said, not really. People say what they want. That's a really impressive answer to me because he probably did hear those things, but he just chose not to believe them and he believed in himself and he kind of bet on himself, you know, in a sense where he's like, if like, I'm going to have that confidence when I get, when I get out there and just prove to people that I can play in the NBA. And I was one of those people that didn't think that Jaden McDaniels was ever going to play this season rotation minutes. I thought he would play if there was problems um, injury-wise at the power forward position. But I thought there was people that would play over him there too. There was problems at the power forward position, injuries, COVID-related things. He came in and he's played damn good basketball. And I love it. I want to see more of it, but it's the, the sample size is getting bigger and it's not getting worse, I can tell you that. So it's been really impressive from Jaden McDaniels. But other than that, I don't have much else to say about tonight's game. 109-104, Wolves win, baby. 5-14 and 14 on the year. Play, let me see, let me pull up the schedule. I'm pretty sure the Timberwolves do end up playing the Cavs again um, on Monday, so back-to-back. -back. Um, but this time they are going to Cleveland. And they're playing the Cavs there if they can steal another game. I'm not sure. Um, getting out-rebounded isn't, isn't going to help. After that, they got San Antonio and two, and then a back-to-back -back against OKC um, Friday, Saturday at OKC. So they're starting a quick little five-game road trip, um, which ends in Dallas next Monday. So over the course of the next eight days, the Wolves will play five games. We got to see if they uh, if they can take care of business in a few of them. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns comes back after that road trip. Maybe a little bit before before during the middle of it i don't really know all i know is tonight the timberwolves did win and that and that felt good but anyways thank you guys so much for listening i hope you did enjoy if you could please leave a you know like rating subscribe to the podcast download the podcast in your favorite podcast service whatever that may be that would be greatly appreciated if you leave a you know a review of the podcast that helps me out a ton gets it out to a bigger audience but anyways, again, thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. Check out all my work. I should have a piece coming out the same day this podcast drops on wolfamongwolves.com. And that was one of my favorite pieces, so check that out. But other than that, uh, it's Brendan. Thanks for listening. Wolves win. Peace.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.